Welcome to another episode of the Dentology Podcast, where we discuss the business of dentistry. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing all the non-clinical aspects of dentistry, from goodwill values, finance, marketing, how to buy and sell a dental practice, mindset, through to where you can invest your money in team management issues. My name is Andy Acton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Trevens. Let's jump straight into it. So welcome everybody to our latest episode of Dentology, the Business of Dentistry podcast. And today we are incredibly fortunate to be joined by Payman Langrudy. Uh, Payman is a dentist, also clinical director at Enlighten, uh, and he's the owner and face of Enlighten. He hosts the Dental Leaders podcast with Prav Solanke, and he's a weaponizer of tea. <laughs> How are you, Payman? Are you doing well? What an introduction, um, Andrew. What an introduction. Really yeah, well, I'm actually, I, 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 I feel kind of I'm sort of returning the favour because Payne very kindly invited me back onto your own podcast back in November 2020, and I was a privileged episode 58, oh, and now you're up to episode 116, 117, wow. 120, That's something right. like that. So I, I feel right. that we were on show. Did my did my invite get lost then? Just <laughs> <laughs> no. he, he's, he's saving you for a celebratory oh, episode. Oh, I'll give you episode 200 or yeah, something. Yeah. Oh, episode, episode 10,000. <laughs> <You can be. laughs> I think I might be dead by then. But, but, but we, met, we met on a course. We met, the, 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 the first time we met, we met on a course, and you also get downtime machine courses, and we were chatting. And, and credit to you, Poe, I think I credit you with kind of getting us off of arses and kicking this off because you said you should do it this is how you do it these are the things you need to put in place and, and just go for it and that kind of spurred us to go yeah. well, why the heck not let's give it a whirl and here we are now um, we do our own podcast and you know it's very niche and we love it and the people we've talked to has been really really fascinating. interesting really interesting but a lot of the tips that you gave us in terms of the infrastructure and how to go about it have been invaluable so thank you for that it was, it was great advice mm. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> I, I, I think with podcasts, you know, um, I, I, they, they find their own audience, don't they? That's, that's the great thing about it. You don't need to worry. I, I, I find yeah. I, don't, I don't even mind if no one listens because the conversation itself is uh, you know, valuable. So if, if, let's, say, let's yeah. say no human other than us three ever hears this. That still makes me happy that we had our conversation. You know what I mean? It's just a win-win. In every yeah. day, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. But you, and I think you're and, right. I think the danger is if you go chasing an audience, the risk is you end up trying to produce a bit of content for possibly the wrong reasons. Yeah, and you know how I don't know. You're sitting on a bus and you listen to two people talking in front of you. They're just being themselves, right? They're, they're not trying to be someone else. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you, Andy. I mean, having spoken to you for all the time that I spoke to you. A fountain of knowledge, man. and and you, you're you're very sort of forward thinking. Um, so it was obvious for me that you should you should have a podcast. And of course, you know, Chris, <laughs> you, you, you yeah, guys, you guys, partners in crime, right? Partners in crime. Oh, yeah, I, Chris, I don't know, I don't know you as well. Um, but I was going to say, I, if you find one of us, you'll find the other one. I know, but that's exactly what he said to me. I, I, he said, I'm going to have Chris on. And I said, well, I don't know, maybe one of you is more media and the other isn't. He? And, and he said, no, we're both happy to talk. So, yeah, I'm really yeah, happy it's yeah, happening. Yeah. I'm happy you have the episodes you've done. And I'm a listener. I'm a listener to this podcast. Yeah, oh, thank, oh, you thank, you. thank you. Thank that's you. Good. So good. before we get to the, the dental part of your of your life and your, your world, can you just run us through? Because you, you came to the UK from overseas, didn't you? So could you just kind of talk us through, yeah. like, Payman's early life and what that looked like and how you arrived in the UK? Yeah. Um, so we were in Iran 
and uh, Iran was doing very well back then. It was like maybe I don't know how maybe Dubai is doing now or whatever. You know, the the the, the economy was booming, everything was going very well, and then and then we had this uh, revolution in 1979. I, I was six years old, but um, you know, my my dad had a huge accountancy firm, sort of 500 employees, and he had lots of people, UK wow. people, working for him. And um, suddenly, soldiers on the streets, demonstrations, you know, it was suddenly, and I was, as, even as a six-year-old, it was obvious something was mm. going down, you know, like 30 Chinooks flying over, over, the, over the, the, you know, mm. on the top, um, the uh, statues of the king being torn down, you know, things that were sacrosanct. Suddenly, the whole thing, wow. as, the, way, the way I would describe it, the way I would describe it is if you suddenly found a, a massive graffiti all over Buckingham Palace, you know, it's something that you just wouldn't imagine would happen. Um, mm-hmm. or, I don't know, on, on Big Ben or something, you know, like it's disgusting. It, it, it felt like that. So the the British people working in my dad's company, they, um, the, the embassy told them, look, get out. It's time, you know, mm. things are getting terrible, leave. And we left, me, me my, my mum and my brother left the same day as those guys. And um, wow. my dad didn't, my dad, my dad stayed. And we thought we were going for a holiday, you know, just until things settled down a little bit. What was the um, time period? What was the, what was the, what was the, what was the period between things kind of getting scary and edgy and you leaving? Was that kind of quite a long run up or was it literally you packed your bags three, and you three, went? Six months. <clears throat> three, six months, oh, right, I could okay. tell things were happening. Yeah, there was right, the, yeah. suddenly uh, electricity cuts. Um, there was riots. They shot some 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 rioters. You know, killed some demonstrators, and that was a big thing. And then, right, I, even yeah. as a six-year-old, I remember there was a fire. There was a fire in a cinema mm. where hundreds of people died, and and people said that was a you know government thing. It just became suddenly there was a quickening. Um, but you could tell something mm. was up. And I actually left the same day as the the Ayatollah arrived in Iran that day. Oh, wow. That was the day I left. Yeah, my, my dad wow. stayed two more years and uh, went through a lot of hassle to get out. But then yes, we were yeah. lucky. We came to the yeah. UK. And the reason we came to the UK was, firstly, my dad had studied here, in, well, in Belfast. Yeah. And secondly, we had a flat in London. And the reason my brother used to have to keep coming and uh, having operations, he had, he had an eye operation. He had to have three or four right. as, as a child. And so yeah. we ended up buying a flat just so that, you know, they wouldn't have to keep staying in hotels. And we had this flat. So, yeah. so we, got, we, came, we came to that. Well, so, so when you came to the UK, was it kind of like start again type stuff? Because obviously your dad had been very successful with his accountancy firm over and around. But when you came to the UK, was it literally back to, back to basics and start again? Yeah, but we had a flat you know, that we bought outright and, you know, St. John's Wood. I mean, St. John's Wood wasn't what it is today. But, but, but nonetheless, loads of people came with nothing, nothing at all. Right, um, yeah. So I wouldn't yeah. consider that, you know, we'd lost everything because we had a flat, you know. Mm. Yeah. So that, so also well, your, your, your father's quite entrepreneurial. And, and was that the thing that kind of gave you the, the spark to, to get into to business? Was it, was it learning from him or was there not much connection back through that channel? I would I would cl- my, I would class my father as a sort of a professional, like as a like a dentist as a professional, um, but in accountancy when when you do that you don't set up practices. I mean you guys know you're from, you're from banking, right? 
Um, you don't mm. you don't set up little little four man businesses. They they well, you can, but they can grow. Um, the the mm. entrepreneurs that the sort of the entrepreneurial stories that inspired me were my friends in school. The, some of their parents had massive conglomerates and. Uh, you know, the, their stories were, were the ones that I was most thinking of when I said I oh, want to wow. be an entrepreneur, you know, rather than, not, not necessarily my dad's story, but yeah. Did you have uh, businesses or um, sort of business opportunities, you know, before you decided to become a dentist? And why did you become a dentist? There's sort of a couple of questions in there, Payne, sorry, mate. Not really, buddy. Not really, because um, and I wouldn't class myself as that archetypal businessman. You know, the, the kind of kid who used to sell sweets to his friends and yeah. yeah so I was wondering. Even, even now, even now, I, I find it quite hard to ask for money. You know, so a lot of times I'm not the one doing that. You know, we've got a whole sales team who manages mm-hmm. that. Um, so I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm that cat. I, I've got certain other things that I do enjoy, but that isn't one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And what was your second question, Chris? Uh, why a dentist? When, you, when your dad's an accountant, oh, yeah, yeah, why yeah. did you sort of end up with a dentist? Yeah. I, you know what I was? I was one of those school kids who used to just get through. And when it came to what do you want to do, I was like, I don't know. And it's strange. <laughs> man, now my, my, my 15-year-old says that, and I think, come on, man, you've got to think. You've got to want to do something. But I, I didn't. Uh, 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 and, and I said, all right, my dad's an accountant. I'll be an accountant. And then I'm, I'm not the most organized guy. <laughs> Those who know me know that. And my dad said, listen, uh, you need to be quite an organized person to be an accountant. I don't think it's right for you. Um, think of something uh, else. That's interesting. My fav- mm. Yeah. My, my favorite uncle is a dentist. So I thought, well, oh, dentistry. And they were, yeah, 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 do that. Become a doctor. Yeah, yeah, do that. Because my, my brother was in medicine. And uh, they said, oh, if that doesn't work out, then be an accountant. It was one of those. Mm. Oh right, okay. And <laughs> so we jump, we 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 jumped around quite a bit. But as I understand, you you quit clinical dentistry in two thousand and one. Yeah, yeah. So, so how, 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 how long were you practicing? I qualified in ninety six. Um, right. I practiced for four or five years um, before we started Enlighten. Um, and I quit clinical dentistry for five years at that point, as soon as we started Enlighten. Um, but then when my wife got pregnant, and she's a dentist too, I went back to being a dentist you know, to cover her patients for right. a couple of years. Um, and, then, right. and then I started doing three days a week, you know, four days a week, three days a week, two days a week, one day a week. And I was doing one day a week for ages and ages and ages. And uh, then I had a bad day, you know. <laughs> um, I really don't recommend one day a week though, as a dentist. Um, you just not, you just can't get into the rhythm properly. Two days, yeah, it must be I really find. hard. Yeah. Uh, two days is really good though. Two days it feels mm. like you know you're, you're you're doing dentistry to some extent, but it's your hobby. Mm. Um, and I think three days a week is your job, and three days and up is your job. Um, but yeah, the, the, I had a bad day. I didn't want to quit. You know, as you probably come across dentists all the time, right? And when bad things happen, when GDC things happen, they say, you know, all I know is dentistry. And mm. it, it, it wasn't quite that, but it, but it was it was almost like it felt very dangerous giving it up completely because what if, you know, what mm. if one day 
And my parents were very, my mum, I remember, were particularly down about it because she'd gone through all the battles of homework and me scraping through and scraping into dental school and <laughs> scraping through dental school. And, and, and to see me give it up for her just seemed so wrong. Um, but Prav was the one who really cemented it in my head. As you know, Prav is a a medical doctor. Yeah, yes. And he he was like top of his class in Oxford. And then he did one year and then he quit, quit outright, went into this marketing thing. And he's a guy I really respect, you know, his opinion. And and he said to me, look, you know, if you want to really do this, you need to give up dentistry. Yeah, um, do it. And really focus on it. Exactly, Chris. Um, and you can't have one foot in the boat, can you? That's that great thing, isn't yeah. it? You can't have one foot on the shore or one foot on the boat. You're either in the boat or you're on the yeah. shore. Yeah. Because otherwise you just do the splits and fall in the water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then, and then I don't know, when he, I had that conversation with Prav and then I realised that it's actually, normally you think, well, I, I can't give it up. It's that, it's that gravitational pull pulling mm-hmm. you down. But then suddenly I felt like the opposite. I, I felt like dentistry was the reason why I could give it up because I could go ahead, do a business, take a risk. If worse comes to the worst, it fails. I can go back and be a dentist and be uh, be an associate and feed Mm, the family and and pay my debts or whatever, you know, whatever Mm. bad thing Mm. would happen from a failure. Yeah. And and so Mm. it it actually spurred me on then suddenly. It just just, isn't strange. It's a simple mind shift. One conversation with a friend can Mm. just change the, your, your life, you, know, you change mm. what you decide. <clears throat> but, but also, quite unusual to spend a minimum five years crafting and learning a skill to then only do it for five years and then stop. And I know you stayed within dentistry because your, your, your business, which we'll chat about, is in, is in dentistry. But did you, did you feel, did, did you miss the clinical dentistry? Did you enjoy the chair side bit? When you stopped doing clinical dentistry to focus mm. on the business, what was, was there a, a sadness that you no longer be treating patients? Yeah, but not, not, not there and then, because there and then mm. it was such a nightmare, you know, the start of a company, firefighting, yeah. cash crisis. <clears throat> now, now when I think about it, and there are, there are certain massive advantages to being a dentist outside yep. of the er- earning potential. And then there are certain massive disadvantages. Mm. But it, the, the massive advantage of being a dentist outside of the earning potential is the human connection with mm-hmm. so many people, you know, with patients and so many patients. And when I, when I quit, when I was quitting dentistry, I wasn't focusing on that. I was focusing on, God, it's just me and my nurse and my principal and, that's it, and, and my, my, my impact in the world is going to be around five miles around this dental practice. And, and you know, that was, I was annoyed at that. I wanted more impact. But I, I hadn't really considered the patient side as a, you know, young, full 28-year-old, whatever I was. But then now, now the patient side, you know, I, I had meaningful relationships with, with patients you know, that I used to treat for yeah. several years. And uh, the, the bit of the, the job I enjoyed the most was the conversations at the beginning at the end of uh, appointments. Uh, I used to run long appointments based on, you know, mm. service, great service. And I, mm. I, I was in private dentistry from the get-go. I mean, I did VT and then I decided never again, no, no NHS mm. for me. 
Um, mm. I, I made a guy an offer he couldn't refuse to, right. <laughs> to give me a it's, job. It's, um, it, it, it's funny, we were talking to a guy earlier on today about um, the patient experience, the chair side, and, and emotional intelligence. And, and you are such a people person. I can imagine how that is a part that you do miss, mm. that, that chatting, yeah. the getting to know people, hearing the stories, sharing stories. And I guess yeah. as, a, as a dentist, that happens a lot. Because, you know, okay. even in private practice, you still see a lot of patients. So to, for that interaction, that regular interaction to go and focus on a business, I can see how that, that would be a very different way of working. They're the best sounds. Yeah. As, as, a, as a dentist, people are almost in the way of the dentist. You know what mm. I mean? There's too yeah. many people. If it was just about the teeth, it would be fine. But then there's people to consider as well. And, you know, that, sometimes that's the feeling. But when, when you, once you've lost it, you know, I, I realised I, I did up my flat in, in London and all the suppliers were my patients in that, that first time. You know, the flooring, the central heating, the kitchen. Yeah. Then I, yeah. I recently did up the house that we moved to just before COVID. I don't know anyone, man. Nobody. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, of course, I asked around and all this, but, but I suddenly realised I don't know anywhere near the number of Regular people. I know a lot more dentists. I always, I always remember. <laughs> do you remember that old school dentist? We knew an old school dentist payment, and his his basic phrase was: he said that he just saw patients as a biological means for getting a mouth or teeth into his chair. And it was like he had no desire to build any relationships with anybody. It was, it was like, oh, okay, well, that's an, that's an interesting viewpoint. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're in. So we're in two thousand and one. You just started in in, in Lighten, uh, which is the UK's premier good name. Company good name. Now. Yeah. Wait, how did that come about? Was that like a bit of a brainstorm, or yeah, it was on, on a chairlift? <laughs> um, in Whiten. No, it was we, 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 were, we were on a chairlift in Canada. The the three founders and the other founders, my wife. She wasn't yeah. there, but but the three founders. She's now my wife, um, and uh, we were talking about we were talking about this this practice. It was it was a practice. The idea was we're going to open a practice that was going to be all whitening. And, oh, uh, okay. I had this I had this notion that, that city bankers would come and have this hygienist floss their teeth for them, and then, <laughs> and, then and then bleach their teeth, and that's all we were going to do: just clean and bleach, nothing else, you know. Um, but, but so then we said, oh, what should that be called? And and the chairlift stopped, and and then you know the, the name came as it often does in these strange times when ideas come to you, don't they? Mm. That's brilliant. And what was it <laughs> when you were in practice with patients? Was was whitening a big part of your treatment planning? Was it something you were always interested in, or was it just mm. you saw a business opportunity and it yeah. built out of that? No, no, that was a massive part of my, my, my practice. Um, what, what had happened was, because I'd made this guy this offer he couldn't refuse, this fully private, the guy had gone private in 1963 in, wow. uh, in Folkestone. And, uh, you know, he was that guy. Folkestone? Was, yeah. Oh, wow, that's, that's impressive. That's funny, yeah. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know? <laughs> no, no, but no, just was absolutely Folkestone. No, 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 that's no, just, yes, that's just an amazing thing to do down <laughs> yeah, in Folkestone. Yeah, please, yeah. we haven't insulted anyone for Folkestone. We're just very impressed of the man's <laughs> yeah, to do it in Folkestone. Basically, he was, he was just one of those pillars of society. You know, he was, he was 
you know, lo- the local rotary, mm. and he had a boat in um, Mallorca and all this, uh, and, and you know, he just every, he knew everyone in town, and um, he, he he had a yeah private practice. Um, the guy I took over from, the associate that I took over from, ended up going on and becoming a big time periodontist, and 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 he was a very good dentist, very very good dentist. And the you know the work was just so excellent. You know, nothing, nothing was really failing in these patients' mouth. But he, bleaching he hadn't considered at all, and bleaching was very new back then. I said there must have been um, at the forefront. He must have been an earlier doctor. I think I was, but I didn't realise I was. You know, ah, that's okay. the thing. I, I just thought it's bleaching. My my VT boss told me there was this one patient who said, look. I want veneers everywhere. My VT boss said, no way. He said, oh, there's this company called Optident and they do this bleach stuff. Just buy that. And, and I bought it and we treated this one patient in VT and it was like magic to me when I saw it. The first time I saw that, I was like, that, that's just so interesting. Um, well, you know, sometimes so, I think a bit of naivety in business is gold. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. if you've oh, got yeah. a bit of oh, naivety yeah. and you're not sure, you, you go, oh, that's a good idea, I'll do that. Because if you really knew all the pain that was coming. Most of us just wouldn't do oh, stuff. Yeah. Whereas that naivety oh, kind yeah. of gets you going, doesn't it? Yeah, I often think that, Andy, <clears throat> you know, when you have a, a brainwave, and I know you guys have loads of brainwaves, and then, you know, I, I've, I've learned the lesson of don't just have a brainwave, you know, have a brainwave and do something about it, yeah? But when I start doing the research for the brainwave, often the research gets me to a point where I suddenly see you know, I don't know, whether it's a competitor or a problem mm. or something. And and then I don't do the idea um, anymore. And, and mm. I often think about this question of, you know, how much research should you do? Because you're right, naivety is huge. You know, oh, yeah. I wouldn't have done any of the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it the blockbuster? The, the bloke who started uh, effectively founding Netflix. He was the guy who sorted out the sort of thing before it when you could get the... DVDs, and he said to Blockbuster, who he worked for, DVDs are not going to be popular. You need to do the streaming thing. And Blockbuster went, no, everybody's always going to want a DVD. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, they're out of business. And I wonder how much he thought about it, mm. because quite often those jump points, as you say, if you do a bit, we were talking about it earlier, weren't we? a bit, and too much analysis creates oh, yeah. paralysis. Yeah. And sometimes you just have to sort of go, right, I tell you what, I'm going to jump off the board <clears> and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, so there's two things that, that, that come out of this. One, um, congratulations to you and your business partners for being in business for 21 years. Yeah, we'll Because <laughs> so many people don't make it. And yeah. I think to have been in the world that you're in for 21 years and still to be, you know, at the front of the pack is remarkable. So, like, honestly, congrats for getting getting that, which is great. But also, how has it changed? Because 21 years is a long time in in dentistry but then to go down to a niche in dentistry so what did it look like at the beginning and uh, where are we now and what does the future look like because you, you you've probably got that that broadest experience available yeah so at the beginning um it, we had all sorts of safety concerns and mm. they, were, they were they weren't founded but lots of people thought bleaching was actually bad for you um the, there was uh, loads of legal problems um, that, you know, I don't know if you're aware, you know, it was it was all illegal and, mm. until 2012. Um, mm. I bet you remember those, the, the court case that opted in and had mm. to, to fight. Um, 
And, you know, there's also the nation wasn't so cosmetically aware. No, um, yeah, that's true. You know, with, 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 with social media, with the nation's gotten a lot richer. You've got to, you've got to in the end, you've got to say that. I mean, you guys remember, I don't know, the 70s, 80s, you know, the, the, the nation's gotten, the man in the streets got more stuff mm. than, than they had before and has got more mm. disposable income than they had before. But mm. at the same time, when I saw those white teeth for the first time, I, I knew, I knew it didn't matter whether the nation was going to get rich or not. You know, white teeth is one of those things that goes back to Egyptian times. <laughs> Everyone's always wanted white teeth. And so when the first time I actually saw that you can change the colour of teeth, immediately I knew that, that that was going to be a huge part of the future. Um, and, and I wanted to be part of it. As I say, we were thinking of a practice and then we were thinking of four mm-hmm. practices. Then we went to get the technology, you know, for these practices. And the, the light-activated thing had just, just, just begun. And we went to the, the market leader at the time. It was called Bright Smile. Um, yeah, they, went to market Bright Smile. They, 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 had, they had an office at the time. They had an office in San Francisco and no distribution. No, not hadn't sold a single unit. And uh, I, I said, <laughs> oh, look, well, we, ter- we turned up. Uh, we turned up was the first thing, yeah. And, and even in the days of Zoom, guys, yeah, turning up, it's important. I had a, I had two guys in my office today, you know, Lithuanian manufacturers. Yeah, I, I'm now the, now they're suddenly on my on my radar of, of possible suppliers that I'm going to use because they turned up, uh, and, uh, and so turning up was amazing. So we turned up and said, look, we want to buy four of your machines for four of our practices, and the guy said, well, you know, at the end of the meeting, big American corporate dude said, look, you're just dentists. And we'd, we're not looking for dentists. We're looking for distributors. Um, so that was the first time I'd heard that word. And as I went back. And you went, hey, I'm a distributor. Yeah. <laughs> I, went, I went back and talked to my brother-in-law, who's a super, you know, like one of these guys who's been in consulting firms and still is. And he said, yeah, look, look, it's slightly different. It's a different contract. Let's make a new presentation and, and, and go in with this contract and see what they think of that. And we went back to that, and, and they, anyway, they, they didn't go with us. But, but we, we then found a competitor product that looked like a sort of a vacuum cleaner with a light sticking out of it. It was nowhere near as cool as Bright Smiles one. Yeah, that was a proper, you know, industrial design thing. It looked like I don't know if you remember that. It looked like a robot. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, we, we got our start, and then we, we directly copied their business plan, which was a big error. Yeah, but then their business plan was the Xerox model free machine oh. Um, oh, right. and then turn charge the dentist to turn it on um, yeah. and it was it was interesting because obviously dentists would say well what you're just going to give it to me we say yeah it's yours um uh, so that was interesting getting our first few you know customers was very easy because we're giving these machines away mm-hmm. but, but very soon financing you know i think we had 95 of them out there we were finite and they were so expensive you know, we were wow top, yeah. top dollar getting almost mortgage i remember at one point thinking i could buy a house with the, the mortgage wow. that i've got on these machines a bigger um and the business model was just flawed i kept on thinking well we just need to add more we need to add more <laughs> but, but that Gosh. company uh went bust um the, the, the one we were, we were copying no surprise um, no yeah <laughs> Um, they got bought. They got bought by by Discus Dental, who then later on did Zoom. 
um, in, a, in, a legal, yes. in a legal battle. But we then switched from this, that model to just selling stuff. And, yeah. um, and, and we also switched from uh, light activated to home. And for me, you know, the big thing was we were always number two to that company. Their product was cooler than ours. It worked better than ours. It was more expensive than ours. Their marketing was better than ours. They were London taxis. So we were always number two to that company. And when, when we said we're going to make the switch into home whitening, I just had one thing. I said, I want to be the technology leader. Yeah. Whether, whether or not we become the market leader or the you know, brand leader, I want to be the technology leader. I want to, I want to have the best, best product. And, and so we said about that, you know, trying to get the best product. Brilliant. Fabulous. Is, is the psychology behind, behind whitening as simple as we think? Is it just a white smile, makes you feel good, increased confidence, you, you'd like to get a better boyfriend or girlfriend? Yeah. Is it baseline as that? Is it Look, at the end of the day, white kind of implies clean as well. So, you know, there's that sort of side of it. Um, beauty and, 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 and hygiene that, this, that you know, they, they go to, psychologically, they go together in a way. Yeah? Um, but you're right, youth and confidence. Yeah. And actually, what, what a lot of dentists don't understand, or they understand, but they don't act on it, is... That's what they're actually selling: youth and confidence, not yeah. peroxide and you know trade. And you know when 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 they're selling a crown, they're not selling porcelain and metal; they're selling mm. peace of mind. You know, mm. if you if you or guys, when I, I I was I was talking to a dentist about this yesterday. If if I go to Starbucks and buy a coffee, how, how much of that is coffee, as in the you know the gold blend? You know, for the same price as that three pound latte, I can buy a huge tub of coffee that could mm. make coffee for mm-hmm. two hundred people. Yeah. So mm. I'm not saying this is two hundred times better than that. When I'm buying that Starbucks, I'm not buying. I'm buying convenience. I'm buying treating myself. I'm buying all the you know those, those things. Um, understanding what you're selling is really important, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and like yeah, you yeah. say, that Starbucks example, the premium we're prepared to pay for that as opposed yeah. to making a coffee ourselves you know you yes. can make a coffee at home for literally a couple of pence there's a place in south africa so one of my children lives in south africa and there's a coffee shop that basically once a year does like a special coffee you know it's like roasted over a small child or something like that and uh, <laughs> it's 10 pounds it's 10 pounds oh, well. for a cup of coffee and they get a massive oh, queue and put Unbelievable! Unbelievable! It's coffee. No, there's, a, there's, a, there's a coffee shop. There's a coffee shop in Mayfair. We, we, you know what happened in in, in lockdown? We were with uh, Radisson Group, and uh, right. Radisson closed all of their hotels except for the Mayfair Hotel. So they pushed us to the Mayfair Hotel, which was superb. We were, we were doing mini spa makeover from the Mayfair Hotel again and again and again. And, and uh, there's a coffee shop around the corner from the Mayfair Hotel. They've got one cup, hundred and sixty pounds. What? Hundred and sixty yeah. quid? How? They've got well. They've got a, the cheapest. The cheapest are outside of the flat whites and all that. They've got this other menu. Man, the cheapest oh, is, man. is twelve pounds. There's the one. You know the one. The one that the the monkey has to eat and then at the other end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seven seventy pounds for that one. But their most expensive one was one hundred and sixty quid. And I asked, I asked the guy, sort of man to man. I said to him, "Does anyone buy that one hundred and sixty pound coffee?" And he kind of shook his head. 
but he went the seventy pound one. Lots and lots of people buy that one. The, you know the the monkey one because yeah, people yeah. some people want to put that on their bucket. It's a story worth telling, isn't it? I'm telling you. I'm telling you the story right now, aren't I? It's one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wait. Oh, well, there we go. Oh, in that case, when I'm in Cape Town, that, that 10 quid, I'll feel, I'll feel it's all right now. Justifiable. Has social media um, had a massive influence on whitening? Because there's no shortage of lovely, smiley teeth uh, all over yeah, yeah. social media. And is that just, does that kind of just reinforce the market, or has that also helped to, to build, build the market too? I think it's reinforced the market, right? Because. Mm. And like I say, white teeth are a, an absolute. I mean, I don't, you know, you, your grandmother will tell you, people like white teeth more than yellow yeah. teeth. You know? yeah. And 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 when you look at other countries where social media isn't as uh, prevalent, um, they're, they're still into whitening. Um, although I do think it's an adjunct. I do think mm. it's an adjunct. And I think teeth are getting whiter. You know, in the same way. I don't know. I, I bet these days we're selling a lot more deodorant than we used to sell in the 70s or, mm. or whatever. In that same way, teeth, teeth, people are doing things more to their teeth um, mm. and teeth are getting whiter for sure. And and in a way, there's a sort of product market fit thing for Enlighten in that we had a product. I mean, we're, we're about to give the fourth version of it, but we had a product, the first version in 2012, uh, Sorry, 2006, 2006, that made teeth very, very white, like Enlighten does. Mm. But in 2006, there weren't that many practices looking for you know, something that white. would work really well. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas now, it's, it's you know, lo- lots and lots and lots of practices, I would say all practices, lots and lots mm. of practices are looking for something that makes that, you know, they, they want to say they're that practice. They can make mm. and and one one thing I would say is it sounds a bit corny or whatever the word is about you know that sort of American white smile yeah but bleaching doesn't do that bleaching doesn't make your teeth look strange and and weird you know mm. it's crowns and veneers mm. that do that but bleaching makes teeth beautiful well good bleaching makes teeth beautiful um, however white you go we've got loads of cases three don't three be like Ross from Friends do you? <laughs> yeah, that's that, not. That's, that's just not what bleaching does, you know. Yeah, even even yeah. though that's what it was based on, that that is not what teeth whitening does. To mm. Do. Mm. And where's where's the future going? You've also been in this, this this game from the very beginning of when it when it kind of started in this country. What 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 does the future look like in terms of whitening? Are, are, there, are there enhancements? Is it just tweaks on the technology? Are we kind of there and now? It's about marketing, or, or are there some, some significant things coming mm. down the line? Then, well, there needs to be improvement, Andy, because um, right now, you know, that, that thing with the light and, and one-hour mm. treatment, that's not real. That, 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 you, mm. get, you get an improvement yeah. for a couple of weeks, mm. but, you know, it still takes two weeks now. And, you know, that making, making whitening better is going to involve reducing that time. Um, mm. Two weeks but, is a, but, is a, but, but the thing is, as a species, one thing that we, we're losing is patience with everything and everything. Exactly. You know, that's why Amazon Prime so popular. Yeah. That's why you know these food delivery services are so popular. We've got an Amazon Fresh store now. You know, people just are becoming impatient about everything. So, uh, the, the advancements in whitening, I, I guess, people are going to want 
lasting results, but they're going to want it in two or three days as opposed to two weeks. Mm. And is that, is yeah. that kind of where yeah. he's, he's heading? I think so. I think so. And, and you know, in, in our businesses, there's two areas, right? There's the professional business, which, which we're hmm. very engaged in. And then there is the consumer business, um, which uh, is, is a much, much bigger business. And in, in, in the consumer area, I think there's loads of room for improvement. Um, in professional too, in professional too, um, but in consumer, it looks very obvious to me where, where, where the improvements need to be. Um, it, it, you know, in, in, in teeth whitening in general, um, you've got to make it convenient. And it, it's, one, it's one of those things that there's so many fads coming in and out of teeth whitening. Mm-hmm. This is like a... The, one of the one of the companies doing purple toothpaste, you know, that changes the, you know, whatever the optical um, characteristics of the tooth for that one second after you you've brushed your teeth. And, um, so wow. you know, for, uh, for us, we, we try and stay out of the fads um, and try and create what's real. But but you know, I, I thought light activated was real when I was doing light activated. So I've got that. The, the modesty to un- or the understanding that I might be wrong about where we're at. And, you know, when you say the future, what keeps me up at night definitely is some genius in South Korea comes up with something that's half the price and twice the speed and, and gives it to Optidental. Right? <laughs> you know, it's possible. And I guess you're in a, you're in a good you, position. You want to be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I guess you're also in a great position where, because you have your professional side and the consumer side, you get to see it both from the clinicians and what they want and the results they're getting and and how it works for them, but also from the consumer side. I guess that having that kind of uh, on both sides of the fence has to be helpful and useful in terms of trying to predict and preempt where you think it's it's going to be heading. Because you've done a great job at staying one step ahead of the market so far. And, and the trick is to keep there, isn't it? Yeah, Andy. But what, what I'm saying is, you know, there's, there's different ways of doing that, right? You, the, you can, you can, you know, the consumer will spend two hundred pounds on skin cream, but won't spend more than twelve pounds on toothpaste. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you can you can add a torch to that toothpaste, and suddenly he'll spend forty nine pounds for that item. Mm. Yeah, the, the torch doesn't have to do anything at all. Yeah, the, the mm. torch can cost you one pound or fifty p, um, but you can add, you can triple the value of the product. I'm not interested in in putting that product out, but the people who were interested or who are interested in putting that product out now have a hundred million pounds to to discuss what what the next move is. Yeah, mm. so you know, it's it's a, it's a strange sort of balancing act of. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want enlightened to put out a product that I'm not super, super proud of, and I don't have the energy to do it under another brand. You know what I mean? I, that, that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you? Are you? You? I mean, I think I know the answer. Are you enjoying yourself? Are you enjoying the journey? Is it? Is it? Is it as much fun yeah. as is enjoyable as it as it looks? Uh, I mean, I'm, I am having a good time, uh, Andy. And the, the thing is, you, as business owners, you guys know that there's not many advantages to having a time business as we both have small businesses, right? Huh. Um, but the one key one is you can build it around your life the way you want to live your life. 
So I don't know, maybe Andy, I don't know, maybe you want to wake up at 5 a.m. and go for a run or I don't know, Chris, maybe you want to stay up all night, you know, and whatever it is. Both of you can, can do exactly that. Mm. Maybe you want to spend more time with your family or maybe you want to travel the world. The good thing about your own business is that you can do that. And you're especially in a, you're in charge, especially a business where you're not the technician, like a dentist, you know, where you, you have to turn up and be, be the guy. Um, so to that extent, I very much enjoy life that, you know, I, I feel like I'm living life on my own terms and all that. Um, on the other hand, that there's some sort of responsibility comes with that, doesn't it? Because, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I could, I could wake up at eleven o'clock and have fourteen coffees. You could wake up at five a.m. and run a marathon. Yeah, but it's like the responsibility of doing something right or doing something you're, you're happy with. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that 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 freedom, um, choice, yeah, to, to to do things in your way is a massive upside of, of having your own business. Um, and it's it's a very hard thing to quantify because it will mean different things to different people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I mean, we laugh about the work-life balance. Mm. And we say, you know, we really should try and work more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, guys, you guys keep starting businesses, man. You guys, you know, it's so beautiful to see what you're doing. But for me, the, the key thing that I love about you guys is that you know brand wise you know you're the you're the by long way the, the, the brand leader by long 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 way and that's beautiful man like you know well, thank you. from a from a business from a business that's that's not exactly exciting like it's not it's not sexy business it's it's you know i'm sure you guys are kidding but you know what i mean if you've no, managed to put the brand <laughs> you've managed to put the brand top of mind you know it's a, if, if, if it you know it's a bit like hoover or whatever and and that's a massive 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 achievement uh, you know i know you bought in but that was a long time yeah. ago mm. yeah no thank you and, and yeah, you're right good. what we do is not sexy it's not exciting um and you also then have the the double whammy that what we do is also confidential so you can't talk yeah, about what you do right. either. So you need to try to come up with other angles of things to yeah. say and engage with people in different ways without ever going near breaching the confidence. Because of course. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, exactly. It reveals and, the human side of us. Yeah, and to be honest, that you know that was kind of part of it. It, it gives us the opportunity to talk to people like yourself and others about things which aren't necessarily core to what we do, but it means that we can get kind of, you know, in, in, in the ears of people. And if they think, well, they seem reasonable guys, perhaps yeah. we should have a talk to them. I mean, on that point, why why did you and continue to do the podcast in Prague? I know you love chatting and you love conversations, but was there, was there something behind why you started your own podcast? Yeah, I, you know, I'd be dishonest if I was saying that there wasn't some element of, you know, the business goals in, in doing mm. that. Of, of course there was. You know, we, we decided about four years ago to go down a content marketing approach, um, whether it's discussing with the dentist about something unrelated to teeth whitening or, mm. or whatever. And that was the initial thought, that that's, that's what it was going to be. But then the, what's become of the podcast is... I'm, I'm more proud of the podcast than I am of every single product that Lighter makes because, you know, it's it's more having a contribution, having a conversation with um, Anut Maney and having mm. that on record. Um, mm. and, and I didn't really know the guy very well before. I used to shake his hand at conferences. Mm. I didn't really know the guy uh, before that podcast. 
Um, mm. Having 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 that on record, and by the way, uh, you know, as sad as that story is, we're, mm. we're all going to pass. Yeah, so having yeah, all all the stories on record is it, such a it's much so much more valuable than than I'm holding up a, a tube of toothpaste uh, um, for the listeners. <laughs> you know, even though I put heart, soul, blood, tears, risk into this tube of toothpaste. What it is is a tube of toothpaste, <laughs> and 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 so some of some of the conversations where we I've met a hero of mine, someone I've I've, I've thought was you know like someone I've revered for all of my dental mm-hmm. career is is for me is and and a long you know and we used to do it face to face in this room actually you know he came came right. to our office and we sat and talked and. Um, yeah, I, I, I think podcasting is amazing, which is why I kept on telling you to start yours. <laughs> yeah, no, and we are grateful. We are grateful. But we, we, we always wrap our, wrap our episodes up in the same way. We always ask our guests the same two questions, just to get an insight into you know, how they think. And we've, we've never had the same answer to these questions no. from anyone before. So please, Payman, don't let us down. Don't let us down. You won't know the answers yeah. from the previous ones, but you, we're, we're interested to know. If you could be the fly on the wall in a situation, mm. what, what situation would you like to be the fly on the wall of? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat just a little bit, yeah, because a fly on the <laughs> wall pre- presumes there is a wall, and, and, and my, mine was uh, dinosaurs. Um, uh, okay. You know that ex- the extinction event? Uh, no, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. it was that had whatever meteorite hit the the planet and and that moment when all of them went and by the way not all animals went you know like crocodiles yeah. bees survived that cockroaches survived that extinction event yeah 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 apparently alligators predate dinosaurs by 200 million years or something ridiculous <laughs> like, we think we think we're the, you know, the, the preeminent species, right? Mm. But alligators been around longer than everyone. <laughs> it's well, so well, interesting. So yeah, I'd, just, if I could be a tree true. on a tree. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've never considered that. Tree. Yeah, yeah. There, there would have been a moment where everything, well, not everything, but so much became extinct. And you know, like I say, yeah. what actually happened in that in that moment? Did they go? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, I say, do you know that? <laughs> and, and, our, and our second follow-up is if you could meet somebody if you could sit down and have a, a good hot cup of tea with somebody who would you like to, to sit down and meet I had, a, I had a long thought about this one and um, I, I, it's difficult but I, I had, if I had to put it down to one person JFK JFK, JFK. Ah, okay, right. and the reason is I, I don't know if other people do this yet, but but I you know people go down these sort of uh, YouTube rabbit holes. I, oh, I sometimes uh, yeah. go down these. Yeah, I sometimes go down these Wikipedia rabbit rabbit holes. <laughs> where 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 I don't know why for some reason I'm I'm fascinated by families and family histories and you know how was mm. it that, that that guy became the president. Who was his dad, you know, and and then mm. who was his dad's dad, and and you know, it yeah. just takes you in all different directions. Uh, John F. Kennedy's dad was the U.S. ambassador to the U.K. during the Second oh. World War, 
Oh. Which you can imagine how, what an important job that was. But also, mm-hmm. he was the first secretary of the SEC, Securities Exchange Commission. You know, like the, he was basically one of the most powerful men in America. And he, he said he wanted his son to be the president, but he wasn't thinking of JFK. His, he was thinking of his first son, who um, got killed in the Second World War in action. Uh, that's, okay. that's why JFK ended up being like the, the person who he, this guy pushed mm. to be the president. And, you know, it's like those sliding doors kind of moments. Yeah, of, yeah, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. have had JFK if that guy. Um, his own dad, the, the grandfather, was also, also a politician. And he was a first first generation immigrant, so the, like the, the kid of a first generation immigrant. So he was a mm. second generation immigrant from Ireland. And and so, so you know when you think, imagine you've got a politician grandfather, you've got one of the most powerful men in America as your dad. You're the president of the United States. You can't think more sort of you know part of the establishment than that. And, you know, my, my second thing for fly on the wall would be, I'd like to be the fly on the wall where whoever gave the order for that. You know, like, what, what really happened there? But I'd love to talk to John F. Kennedy. When I, when I talk to, like, my parents about the way they felt about him, when I would look at the things that he was doing, the space race, the way he was... The, the fact that they, they yeah, had to yeah. assassinate him makes me really happy. Like, what, what, was, it, what was it he was doing? You know? Yeah, who killed him and why? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I think there's Why? so much, um, yeah. there's so many conspiracies and, and kind of the what really yeah. went on and what happened and lots of the people that are trying to investigate it are no longer around yeah. and all that sort of yeah. stuff. It's, there's a great film with Kevin Costner, wasn't there, with a magic bullet or something. I don't know if it's true, but it's oh, quite, yeah, it changed it's quite a good film. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Payman, it's been an absolute blast. I knew you were going to be cracking. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Guest. Lovely. It's been really, really enjoyable. I think your stories are great. I think the success you're having in dentistry is great. And I, I reckon there's, a, there's another part of stuff that you haven't even got to yet. <laughs> Thank you very much, man. Lovely to, lovely to be on the show. And hopefully I'll see both of you at uh, Showcase. Yes, we'll yeah. be there yeah, standing around on our stand. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up with you there. It'll be brilliant. Thanks, Amazing, Brilliant. Amazing. Cheers. Keep well. Cheers, Cheers fam. ta That was great talking to Payman. And, I love you, uh, man. Uh, yeah, he's a cracking guy. And he's, he's so generous because it was, it was him that, that sparked our thought about doing a podcast. And I think it's a real measure of the guy that he's got his own dentistry podcast channel yet encourages us to do one ourselves and you know you can see an argument that says well i don't want competition but that's just not his outlook his outlook is you know there's space for everybody and everybody can do well and he's got such a heart yeah he's a lovely guy lovely story to how to go from where where he was to where he is now Mm. But just a, a genuineness yeah. about him, which is. But brilliant. also, there's a there's a kind of a ballsiness as well. You know, to be a dentist for five years, and then decide to quit dentistry to work on a business, a whitening business in two thousand and one. I mean, geez, that was really early That's early, really early adopter. That's early massive days. Early adopter, yeah. And okay, yeah, he's right. He could have always fallen back into dentistry if need be, but it's still a big step to move away from that and do what he's doing yeah. and have been so successful yeah, for so long in definitely. that market. No, he was a lovely guy, lovely guy. Yeah, it was a really, uh, so really, really interesting, interesting conversation. Really interesting chat. There's, it's the stories, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Every episode, the stories are what makes it. I tell yeah. you, brilliant.
Yeah, no, it's good. Really Thank you for it. listening to this episode of Dentology, where we discuss the business of dentistry. If you like what you heard, please do subscribe where you found this episode. That would be amazing. And also follow us on Instagram.